Hello and welcome back to the Shadow Work Library. I'm Jessica DePotsy and for the next at least 48 shows, I'm going to take you through this series that covers the spectrum of negative patterns in the human experience. Hi again. I know you're probably thinking the consistency of this show is laughable, but I guess that's just how I work. I just released an episode yesterday and sometimes there's a month between them. I was going to release the next episode on agitation to initiation next week, but uh, with the Goals with Soul workshop coming up tomorrow, which is Wednesday, January 6th, I was inspired to discuss a few points that I wouldn't have time in the workshop to get through, like practical ways to tune into your intuition to help you make big decisions and make big changes to set goals, and other things like where luck comes from and how you can commit to something with confidence. So if you haven't registered for that yet, you can do so at mygraceandgrit.com slash goalswithsoul. That's one word. It's only 15 bucks. And this workshop is designed for women, but we'll have one for men coming up on the 13th of January, 2021. So if you'd like access to that one, you can just send me an email or a, a DM on Instagram, and you can find my contact details at the end of the show. Also, if 15 bucks is not doable for you at the moment, totally get it. Just email me and we can figure something out. So today we'll be identifying how the shadow of half-heartedness shows up for you in your life and how we can transform it into the gift of commitment. This is going to be a really great lesson to marinate in at the start of your journey through the grace and grit of 2021 and setting your intentions and goals for this new year. Because Often how we start something, you know, that momentum that we begin a new adventure with, it really sets the tone for the journey. And I know that a lot of us start things with a foot already kind of out the door. So commitment to our goals is the name of the game today. I'd also suggest tuning into the Embodied podcast with Dr. Danielle McGinnis. She's going to be releasing an episode, I think tomorrow morning, on goal setting from more of an emotional standpoint. So with the two of these episodes and going to the workshop, I think we'll be set to create a really epic year. All right, let's get into it. If you've ever felt like in this game of life, you're playing a role that's a bit dull and monotonous or you're emotionally confused or distressed, then you have an awesome opportunity to do some shadow work on half-heartedness. Half-heartedness stems from having a mental idea or an expectation of what you think you should be doing with your life, or you have a different idea of where you should be, uh, where your reality should be going, but it's not really moving in that direction. And contemplating this shadow is really important because if we live lives that are half-hearted, We're never really embracing or trusting the decisions that we're making. You're in a state of constantly worrying about your decisions and where they may or may not lead you. And that's a confusing and tiring place to be and not an ideal way to be. And what's happening there is your awareness starts to pull away from what's happening in the present moment. And depending on your personality and conditioning from childhood, the pattern of that distorted awareness can show up in a few ways, either as someone who overcommits to things or somebody who has a tendency to have a lack of commitment. So for the shadow of half-heartedness, if you're more of a repressive person, half-heartedness shows up like overcommitting to other people. And unfortunately, you may have the tendency to keep holding off on taking action on your own dreams and desires because you make this excuse to yourself that you don't want to let somebody else down by ending your commitment with them, right? We only have 
an, like a certain amount of time in the day. And so what are you committing to? And this can be with over committing to being a job you don't really want to be in anymore or friends you've outgrown or even your children over committing to making them happy so that you lack some very healthy boundaries. So you just go on doing something that hurts you or dulls you emotionally or physically because either you're you're unwilling or unable to recognize when the natural cycle of this commitment is over or you might not have the courage to admit that something needs to end. So an example would be when your kids are little, they require lots and lots of attention and you're you want to give it to them. You're excited about that. And everything is great. And then as they age, you may become nervous about what will happen when you consider putting more space between you and them so you can enjoy more solitude or do more of the things that you like to do that might not involve them. Or you may have committed to a job and really love the people that you work with, but you have this longing to do something else. And slowly you start to feel more and more resentment there. These are both examples of either being unwilling, unable, or too afraid to admit that the natural cycle of that commitment is done. Now, if you're more of a reactive person, your flavor of half-heartedness could show up as being non-committal, which means that you find it difficult to follow through on a goal that you've set for yourself or in any general commitment to its natural end or even have a difficult time starting anything at all. And one of the bigger problems with this pattern is that it can have you feeling shame or like a failure who can't do or finish anything. And this stems from a subconscious fear of commitment. I know you've heard that before. Um, But then to overcompensate for this, you might be saying yes to all kinds of commitments and set all kinds of goals because, well, you really do want to follow through on them, but at a certain point, you get triggered by either the other person's expectations of you or your expectations of yourself that might seem too big, at which point you pull out from that commitment and you can start getting that reputation of being a bit unreliable because you're not living up to your promises. When the shadow of half-heartedness comes up for me, I personally do a bit of both of these patterns. I can definitely relate to being in a relationship or a job too long because I don't want to disappoint the other person. And I can also have some commitment issues, but I'm typically more of a repressive pattern person and I tend to overcommit to things that I might not be like a hundred percent yes on. And on the surface, this might seem like I'm being a good person and a better option than being deemed as unreliable. But deep down, it really has nothing to do with caring about somebody else's feelings. If I'm totally honest with myself, it really comes from me not wanting them to dislike me. And, you know, things get very interesting and very, very real when we start to see our patterning with complete ownership. If you listen to the Dishonor and Graciousness episode, you know that that entails quite a bit and what can come from that. So if you haven't listened to it, you might want to. But both of these half-hearted patterns can be very dense and challenging to override. To recode your way of being that's not in these default patterns, you have to be totally honest, both with yourself and other people. And that comes down to making decisions about what you're going to do right now moving forward. You know, we can put the past aside. What are we going to do right now? So much of life is about making decisions, big decisions, small decisions. And to get out of the shadow state and into that gift state of being committed, it's all about staying true to the cycles that come from these decisions. These days, tuning into natural cycles is one of my top five values, and I'll explain why here. 
All natural things in life operate within a cycle. Some have a pretty solid timeline, like like your menstrual cycle, the lunar cycle, the seasons, and some are left to fate, like life and death. Some people's life and death cycles are longer or shorter than others. So cycles are all around us. But for some reason, many of us don't consider the experiences in our own lives to have cycles of their own. Commitment is one of these things that operates within a cycle. And at the end of its cycle, it can either automatically renew itself or it lets go and commits to something else. And like I was mentioning before, these cycles can be so many different lengths. Some last five minutes, some last a year, some last a lifetime. Unfortunately, there's no simple way to look ahead to know when something will end. But the cool thing is each cycle has its own built-in timing mechanism. And you can have access to that mechanism if you can tune into your intuition, which I have a very powerful exercise you can do to access your intuition, which I'll get into in a moment. The secret to playing out uh, a commitment to its natural completion as you're practicing accessing your intuition is to remain committed until the play has ended of its own accord. If you break out of a cycle prematurely, despite your intuition telling you to stay, your life will reconstruct the same patterns of experience until you actually finish that cycle and learn the lessons it holds for you. One of the challenging aspects of making these different decisions is that we don't know really where taking a different path is going to lead. There's actually a lot of comfort in living the same pattern over and over again, even if it's something that you don't want, because it's normal, right? Our egos are encouraging us to keep doing the things that we've been doing and doing them the way we've been doing, because maybe it's not that bad and maybe it could get worse if you were to do it differently. Who knows really? But that's why we have to listen to the yes inside ourselves. That's our wiser self's intuition and trust in that above all else. It's part of embarking on that journey of surrender you might hear about so often. And you have to be also okay with making a decision or creating a goal for yourself that isn't socially normal or people just don't get it. Because when we start judging our own inner compass, that's when we start getting into trouble and start living lives that aren't our own. When you say, I shouldn't break up with him because this or that, or I shouldn't get with her because of all these social norm reasons, or I should stay in my job because of the security, but I really want to do this other thing. It it comes back to morality. People tend to view commitment through a moral lens. You see this particularly in relationships where commitment is generally enforced by social pressure. Like if a marriage ends in divorce, it's still often thought of as a failure. But true commitment is not moralistic. Some relationship commitments really last for one night and others forever. This The length of the cycle has nothing to do with success or failure. And the same goes for setting New Year's intentions. Our proposed cycle for a New Year's intention is like one year, right? But that's arbitrary. You have to give yourself the permission to continue to tune into your intuition to see if you're on the right track on a soul level. Your goal could, it, it should shift as the days go on. Some goals should be trashed. Some might just last for a week and that's all you needed to evolve and grow. And some goals can happen exactly how you expected them to. All of those options are a success if your intuition says so. Because if it's for your higher good, it's for the higher good. Meaning if you're over committing to a job or a relationship that you don't really want to be in, 
Is it really good for the other people involved? If you're uncommitting or undercommitting because you fear getting trapped or being too needed by other people or you're resisting change that's going to need to happen in yourself in order to do the thing, is it really good for you as you experience those self-judgments of not being the committed person that you want to be? Okay, so let's talk about how you can transform half-heartedness into its higher vibrational form or its gift form of commitment. I'd mentioned before that what happens when the shadow of half-heartedness bubbles up for you is your awareness pulls away from the present moment. So our energy withdraws and we postpone our lives because we're not living it fully or how we would like to be. We're running ahead in our minds and missing the moment that's happening right now. And so the strategy for getting back to the present moment is to first have a deep trust in where you are right now and second, tuning into your intuition. Now, when you're trusting in where you are right now, this means you're not fearing the unknown that lives on the other side of how you're doing things right now. You have to know that you're here for a reason, which sets the right foundation for tuning into your intuition. Now, a practice that I use multiple times a day for tuning into my intuition is a dream porting practice developed by Daniel Raphael. I'm just about to actually start my dream porting certification, so I'll be back with many more insights on this in the coming months. But for now, I'll share this simple practice that's been incredibly helpful for me when I'm needing to make a decision or set a new goal for myself. So Daniel states that we're all connected to this infinite field of awareness that has the answers right there waiting for us. And by tuning into your intuition, we can get instant answers, instant reads on situations, instant reads on people and choices that we're about to make. And so to tune in accurately, you need to train your intuition like a muscle. One of the ways to train your clairsentience or your intuitive feeling is to close your eyes and feel what it's like to be hot. Feel the looseness of your muscles, the warmth on your skin, the sweat that's starting to beat up on your face. Just imagine with everything you can that you're hot. Then you can practice feeling what it's like to be cold. Feel the contraction of your muscles and the tightness of your muscles and the shivers and all that comes with being really cold. And once you've gotten pretty good at imagining that simple hot and cold feeling, you can move on to feeling what it's like to be restricted. Where does the restriction happen in your body? You can notice the shortness or the shallowness of your breath and then feel what it feels like to be expansive. Feel the openness of your chest and your heart and your muscles relaxing, the depth of your breath. This will feel different to everyone. This is just what it feels like to me. Or you can feel into what it's like to be heavy or light. And once you've trained this clairsentience muscle enough and you've calibrated your body to tune into what these feelings are like for you, you can start asking your intuition different questions to see what your clairsentience is saying to you, what your intuitive feelings are saying to you. I'll give you an example of how I do this on a, on a daily, in a daily way. I've been so busy over the last year with our special forces experience business. And so one of my goals this year is to delegate more of the marketing to other experts And there are just so many things to delegate. And so I was feeling really confused and getting a lot of mental, like circular thinking about where my money would be best spent and how to choose the right person. You know, just so many options. And they're all pretty good options, thankfully, on the surface. I just had a difficult time committing to one or the other. 
So I thought that getting somebody to help me with my Instagram ads would be a good option. And I was really leaning towards that, but it's also super expensive. One of the bigger investments that I could have delegated out there. So naturally I was apprehensive. And as my brain kept having me (laughs) chasing myself around in circles in my mind, it was natural that my only next obvious choice would be to tune into my intuition and listen to what she had to say. So I gave myself three options. The first was to hire Alex to help me with my ads right away. The second one was don't hire her and do them myself. And the third option in my timeline of my life would be to hire her in the middle of the year to help with ads and just do do them myself as I'm getting started. So I sat down and I closed my eyes and I did dream boarding breath work, which is like five to 10 reps of or I'll just do it here. It's so five to 10 reps of that. And that closes the tabs on my brain. So I'm just left with me and my intuition. Then I practiced my clairsentience or intuitive feeling to help give me some answers. So I meditated first on that, that first option, hiring Alex right away. And I actually didn't feel much of a change in my body. So I didn't worry about it too much. I just moved on to option two and meditated on what does it feel like if I do the ads myself? And I felt the constriction in my stomach and the heaviness in my body. So that was a no, don't do that. Then I meditated on hiring her later and I still felt that constriction. And so that was another easy no. Actually, my yeses tend to be more subtle for me, at least right now, but my no's are more obvious. And that's how I made the decision to commit to hiring Alex and That's already turning out to be an excellent decision. Even though we haven't even started the contract yet, I feel more free, much less anxiety about the coming projects, and just really stoked that I have support from this expert who I trust. This is just one way of tuning into your intuition. I'll be bringing intuitive practices more and more into the show in the future because they're so key. Vibrations never lie, but thoughts can trick us, which is why trusting your gut is so critical to doing shadow work in a way that's that helps you live a life well-lived and not stuck in over-processing your shadows, which is another thing I haven't really touched on yet, but I will get into. Of course, goal-setting and decision-making doesn't stop there. You, You really do need to actually do the thing. And naturally, in that process of doing the thing, there are going to be times when you find yourself wanting to pull out of a situation. You might be wondering if this is the completion of the cycle or if you're exiting out too early. And if you're in that moment, other than doing the practice that I just mentioned, you also are going to want to ask yourself if you committed to that decision 100% every time you showed up. Or did you start with one toe out of the door for safety? Whenever we embark on anything in life, what's the point of doing it and holding anything back? Half-heartedness has us holding some part of ourselves back in our experiences, and that's when we start to postpone our real destiny. I think it's a, a little sad that we miss the magic while we go on delaying the only thing in life that can really have us living, fulfilling, peaceful, adventurous, creative lives, which is being present at every moment. Again, not on a soapbox. I don't always live in the present, but it is something that I know that a lot of us struggle with. Because there are so many rewards waiting for us if we can stand by our decisions and follow them through to their natural organic conclusion. And one of those rewards is luck. 
Another one of the ways to transform your shadow from half-heartedness to commitment and to tune into your intuition is to live from your complete system of head, heart, and body. Because life is dangerous and risky when we view it only from our mind, which means risk is inherent. But that's also what makes it fun. So it's not that we don't want to use our logic, but if you're only thinking about the logistics and if it makes sense, that can be an anxiety-filled place to live. The other thing that you might want to consider when you're living the gift of commitment is that you're not actually going to commit to the thing that's happening in the future, which we've been taught to think is how we're supposed to manifest something that we want. It's really difficult to commit to something in the future because it's not here. Your energy isn't available to respond to something that hasn't happened yet. So you can't really be authentically committing to it. But what you can do is commit to putting your energy into what you're doing right now. And yes, we should definitely set goals and intentions. You should get as clear as possible on what you desire, but also know that there are tons of times when you want one outcome and something even better happens, not like you expected, but you're very glad that it happened that way. So that's why it's really important to make this distinction here on what to even commit to. You can, you create an ideal, you visualize that goal, but you commit to the current moment and the things that you need to do right now to make that happen. And that's how we make our own luck. I'll give you another example. A few years ago, I set a New Year's resolution to make a certain amount of money. It was a hefty number and I wanted to earn this amount because I had all of these things that I wanted to spend it on, like trips. I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to have these experiences with my husband. I wanted to start a family. And so I put all of my energy into really like being the best I could for my clients and to grow my business. I kept visualizing that number, but it just wasn't exciting to me. So I knew that something was off and I realized what I really wanted wasn't more money, but the desired feelings that I would get if I went on those trips with Jeff and had the feeling of cooking and entertaining for my friends in our new house. And as I both refined my desire for the future and loosened my grip on what I expected that result to look like, I was able to live in the present moment more and commit all of my energy to what was happening right now. I was able to live more in the present moment and commit all of my energy in a more fulfilling and present way every day with a flexible and and like a dreamlike fog vision of what I wanted to achieve, but a real commitment to the present. And the result, go figure, was not at all what I had expected. I didn't make that amount of money that I wanted to, which might sound like a failure if that was what I was committed to doing, but I received every desired feeling that I had hoped for and more. Through the energy that I put into my clients, these new opportunities to travel for work with my husband came up and we were able to create new relationships and nurture older relationships where we were able to travel with friends to faraway places. We entertained all year in various places and I got that feeling of a tight tribe that I'd always wanted. And because I didn't buy the house, I had the freedom to do all of this without being tied down. So this is all about making luck. Luck isn't all necessarily left to chance. We have a kind of built-in barometer to let us know where good fortune lies. We know when something is right. And I don't know if we know how this works, but I do know that once I freed myself from postponing my life by focusing so much on, on one thing that I thought would be the best for me, 
I was able to tap into real wisdom and good things just started happening for me seemingly out of nowhere. There's something called the universal law of inspired action, which basically speaks to an important aspect of the law of attraction. And what it's about is that the secret to manifesting what's best for you, it lies in the way in which you begin. It's the energy behind your actions that creates your future rather than the actions themselves. And without commitment, action lacks power. It lacks direction. And as a result, it also lacks luck. So this is all about letting go of expectations. We're all on this mystery ride. We all think that one decision is going to lead us in a certain direction and it leads us down a completely different path. And that's cool. The more we're anchored into the higher frequency of the heart and the head and the body and our intuition, the less we need to think our way out of situations in life, which will give you a really amazing feeling of freedom. And as you begin to taste this freedom, you start to see how little external conditions actually have to do with true fulfillment, meaning you can create your own luck, your own desired feelings, and a really content inner world. So to summarize a strategy for moving from half-heartedness to the gift of commitment, first you need to get your toe out of the door and plant two feet firmly in your current moment, trusting that where you are right now is perfectly where you're supposed to be. Then you can tune into your intuition to get clear on your desired goal that lies somewhere in the future and commit 100% though to what you're going to do now in the present moment, understanding that luck will come to you if you continue to stay connected to your wiser self and allow yourself to pivot when the ebb and flow of life encourages you to, when you see those signals and those, those signs too. And probably most importantly, enjoy the magic of the ride because the present moment is really all we have. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this submission on half-heartedness and how it can transform into commitment. I'm just thrilled to have you on this mystery ride journey with me, and I hopefully will see you tomorrow evening for the Goals with Soul workshop on January 6th. This one, again, is specifically for women, but we're going to have a men's workshop on goal setting with solid intention for January 13th, 2021. So if you'd like access to the Women's Goals with Soul workshop, you can visit mygraceandgrit.com slash goalswithsoul. That's one word. And if you're interested in joining the men's workshop, you can just send me an email or a DM because I don't have anything set up for that yet. And my email is jessica at thespecialforcesexperience.com. And my Instagram is jessicadepazzi underscore. That's D-E-P-A-T-I-E underscore. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, everybody, but not too safe. And I'll talk to you again soon.